What's up, guys? This is the Highly Undisputed Fantasy Football Show. My name is Garrett. I'm here with the co-host, Andrew. Week one in the books. What a week. A lot of exciting games. A lot of big fantasy football production numbers. A lot of bad games for some guys. Some, some, some teams had a rough week. We're here to discuss who's hot, who's not, who to pick up, who to drop. I Andrew, like that. how you feeling? I like that. I really liked what you didn't, decided. Didn't write that last part down. That was that was good. That was off the top of my um, By the way, we're just going to start it off. You guys are listening to two, two hosts of a fantasy podcast that both took losses in our main league in week one. Sadly, I had Najee and Aaron Jones just absolutely shit the bed for me, and, and Garrett's entire team just didn't want to show up and perform for week one. So trust me, we're still reliable for you guys. We're giving you guys the, the God's honest truth. We just couldn't get it done week one, but... Hey, what's a week one without a loss from the both of us? So, this is an exciting one. I think we both have a little bit of... We have a lot to go through. Yeah. We have a lot to go through for this week. We're going to start off with injury updates because we had a few guys go down uh, this week that I think have a lot of substantial fantasy value in your league. So, let's just start off right away with Jerry Judy. Yeah, um... Has the timetable been set yet on when he's coming back? I believe it's six to eight weeks. Okay. is what I, That's the last thing that I saw. All right, so I, I see four to six. You have four to six? Okay, so I might have been wrong on that then. But, I mean, still, after even if it goes the distance of the six weeks, high echo sprains are occurring injuries. They just they, they linger throughout the, entire of the se- entirety of the season, even sometimes into next season. So Jerry Judy is a guy that I am comfortably dropping right now. Oh, I'm not dropping him. I, no I, way. No way. Because that's a guy that someone's willing to pick up and hold on their bench for four weeks. To I don't think I, that, I, definitely, I don't think I'm willing to. I would not be dropping Jerry Judy. He was on a roll. Like he he was having a good game. It, it looked like he was the guy. I, I'm not dropping him. I think I think I would be a okay dropping Jerry Judy, and just allowing somebody if somebody wants to pick up Jerry Judy and sit him right on the bench. I would say just be my guest because I I don't want to be the person that has to do that, especially if I can go in and get a Tim Patrick or a KJ Hamler that will just be I'll be able to plug and play if I really need to. I, if you if you want to keep Judy, if you're if you're confident that when he comes back in maybe six weeks could be longer that he'll be able to perform for you, then keep him. To me, it's not worth it. Not it wouldn't be worth it. I might luckily I don't have him in any of my leagues, but if, if I did, I wouldn't be holding on to him. So you answered my question, actually, uh, which pass catcher for the Broncos is the next guy up? Obviously, Cortland Sutton is there. Not a big showing in week one, still coming off that injury. Noah Fant, I think Noah Fant had like six points in fantasy, non-PPR. And then the next two guys, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. Tim Patrick had a nice day. I think he had like 40 yards and a touchdown, or it was... I know he had nine points in non-PPR. Off the top of my head, I don't have his actual statistics in front of me. Yeah, and then there's also there's always Albert Akweb Akwebunan. I still can't. Oh yeah, his sure, name right. that guy. Hey, I mean he, he had three recept three targets for three receptions and sixteen yards and a touchdown. That seems fluky. The only thing he had, the only thing that limited him yesterday or this weekend was a fumble. He had a fumble late in the game that cost cost him fantasy points. But I mean, who who knows? He could be the guy. I Noah Fant didn't really show up. I, I'm gonna. Say that he's. I'm going to go out on a limb you here. You don't see two tight end sets coming out. No, because they're, a they're a run heavy team. They're going to run the ball a lot. They already have good receivers. We already know Tim Patrick is a pretty solid 
fantasy receiver. He had several weeks last year where he was relevant. We know that Cortland Sutton is going to get healthy. Noah Fant is still the number one tight end in that situation. That's too many players already in an offense that I'm not excited by. I don't know. I, I see I see just Cortland Sutton. I see KJ Hamler or Tim Patrick. I don't know which one's going to be the one that steps up and takes that secondary role from Cortland Sutton. And then I see two tight ends, one of which that got a touchdown and one of which didn't. Yeah, I understand that, but touchdowns are fluky. Like, that's just, I think that's a fluky touchdown. I'm not wasting a pickup on that guy at all. That's not happening. He's he's gonna be like tight end twenty five. If tight end twenty five is your starting tight end, that's just that's not worth anything. I'm just so, mentioning his name. I mean, that's name. that's fine. That's fine. But don't don't give the listeners you know any false advertising here. Like, There's a, that's a name to pay attention okay. to in the next few sure. weeks with a touchdown in week one. Next injury up on the list is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I didn't get a timetable for this. Do you have a timetable? Probably gonna be eight weeks. Eight weeks. Okay, so it's a hip injury. Pretty severe, to be honest. I'm not sure if he plays again this year. Real in, in realistic odds, I don't think he's going to play again. Um, I don't think so either. Unless they don't pick up Cam Newton, and Taylor Heineke isn't what me and you both think he can be, then sure, if he comes back in eight weeks, they'd have no other choice but to start him. My question for you is, what are the implications on Terry McLaurin and... Antonio Gibson and Logan Thomas. No, I think I'm still good on all three of them because I think, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't excited about Fitzpatrick as the quarterback anyway. I think Taylor Heineke does a nice ball, nice job of getting the ball downfield. I like him. We, I also think that his value for Terry McLaurin goes up because Terry McLaurin's obviously the number one, and Heineke's going to target him, I think, even more. So, if anything, Gibson and McLaurin's value goes up for me. I, I like Heineke better. I said before the season he would have been my starter. I, I'm I'm on record with that one. So, yeah. All right, that's fine. Uh, next up, 49ers running backs. I don't have. I only have Raheem Mostert's injury update. Um, he is. He was originally at eight weeks, but he has been officially pronounced done for the season. He announced himself. He's having season-ending surgery on his knee. And then you want to fill him in on uh, the other one. Yeah, the other one is uh, Jeff Wilson. Yeah. He just got put on the pup. Thank you. So, which is uh, just incredible. Like, is is the 49ers' backfield just absolutely devastated or just demolished? Yeah, it's just like the, the Ravens' backfield. Every year? Oh, every it's year, It's every yeah. year, though. Yeah. It's every year with these guys. You never know who the running backs are going to be. And now it's, uh, who's who's this new kid? Uh, the the kid that everybody just probably Elijah picked Mitchell. up. Elijah Mitchell. Eliza Mitchell, thank you. Name was completely escaping me. Instant pickup. Everybody should be looking to grab him. We'll get into that later. And then the other one is Brandon Ayuk. He did not really play. I believe he played in the Lions game but did not receive a target. Shouldn't be a big deal. I think he was just a little nicked, and they didn't need him for this game, so they kept him as you know under wraps a little bit You know, in a game where they clearly had a blowout for most of the game until the end when it got a little bit close. So nothing to really concern ourselves with there. But yeah, the Niners' backfield is a complete mystery at this point. Trey Sermon, a healthy scratch. Like, what are we supposed to do with this? From Which, what I've heard, uh, Elijah Mitchell was able to actually was a better performer in the preseason than uh, Trey Sermon was throughout camps, throughout all of that. So yeah, look for Elijah Mitchell to be the number one in that offense. Jamichael Hasty also. Yeah. Like, I, at this point, 
like this becomes a major question for us, and we have a couple questions that we were going to talk about. At at this point, I'm not starting any any of the Niners' backfield until I know exactly who the starter is. I'm going to pick up as many of them as I can. Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell's the n- number one that I'd be picking up. Trey, Sermon, Trey Sermon is probably rostered. and Elijah Mitchell should both be rostered. Yes, as of right now. But I'm holding on to Elijah Mitchell until I know if it's him or Trey Sermon's going to get the workload, or if they're just going to do fifty fifty. And then I'm even more out on that backfield. But I think the last one we really got to talk about is uh, Michael Gallup will miss three weeks with a uh, calf injury. Oh, yes. We didn't. We forgot to mention that one. Yep. That happened on Thursday, so he'll be out for probably three weeks. All that means to me is value is higher for CD and Amari Cooper yeah. at this point. Our sec- The second thing I want to talk about is we mentioned the Niners' backfield. Let's talk about the Ravens' backfield because... This is a complete mystery to me, and now it's going to be adding Le'Veon Bell, Latavius Murray, and potentially Devontae Freeman. At this point, what do we do with this backfield? They're all, all three should probably be rostered, but are any of them starters or low-end flexes for you? I think, I think the, the main one, the main guy has got to be Tyson Williams. I, I, don't, okay. I don't think there's another... Say what you want about Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell. I just don't think that they're going to be able to take over. And Tyson Williams looked impressive yesterday. Yeah, I thought he looked good against, you know, a Raiders defense that's middle of the road. I'm not going to say that they're good. I'm not going to say that they're bad. I'm going to say they're middle of the road. I thought he was relatively good. So, yeah, they like I said, they should all be rostered. Other than Devontae Freeman, I wouldn't roster him. I don't know if he's even going to be on the actual team, but... The other two, Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell, both should be on somebody's roster in your league. I would agree Tyson Williams is probably the one starter. I don't see any purpose in starting the other two unless there's another injury potentially or we notice that one of them becomes fantasy relevant and then I would consider starting them. But I I would definitely roster those three guys. Yeah, so... What what was more impressive to you about the game yesterday? Was it was it the the Raiders defense as a whole were they able to get were they able to put pressure on Lamar Jackson, or was it Tyson Williams being able to actually shoot holes and perform in the backfield? Little of both. I I, I wasn't really impressed by either team to be honest. Yeah. In all honesty, I thought both teams looked so pretty are you, pathetic. Are you also sort of avoiding starting Ravens backfield or? Would you be willing to start? Well, okay, here's here's a situation for you. You have to choose one: Tyson Williams, who is the presumed starter in that backfield, or Elijah Mitchell, who is also the assumed starter in in the Forty ers backfield. I would choose Tyson Williams over Elijah Mitchell because I have seen that guy came out of nowhere. I didn't even know who he was for the Niners. He was rostered in what four percent of leagues, I believe. So I didn't even know who he was. And he came out of nowhere. At least with the Ravens, like they've kind of announced who their next guy is. And yes, they've picked up those other two, but those other two have basically been kind of out of the picture for the last two years. Le'Veon Bell more so. Latavius Murray's at least been on the Saints and has had games, but Bell has been pretty bad for two to three years now. So at least with Tyson, like we've seen the role, we've seen him actually do it. This kid did it in one game with the Niners, and anybody can run in the Niners' offense. It doesn't matter who the running back is. I feel like in that Niners' running scheme, I could go get three yards, 
you know, it's it's really it's really impressive how they're able to run the ball. So, and they had two other guys that have been on the roster for a while. They have a third round rookie, and they also have Hasty, who's been there for a couple of years now, and he's had big games. So, yeah, at this point, it's Williams. I I don't know, you know, how high I'm valuing him. He's probably somewhere in the in the twenties for running backs because Lamar Jackson does take so much of the workload. But yeah, he you know he's definitely a potential starter. He's viable. Okay. Um. All right. What do you want to jump into? Yeah, I wanted to ask you a couple. I wanted to ask you one more, one other question. We mentioned the Ravens' backfield. We mentioned the Niners. What do you make of the Saints' pass catchers? It it's so that team is just. I I can't. I don't think I can give the Saints a an appropriate evaluation because that game was just so. It came out of nowhere that the result of that game. Jameis Winston being able to come in and throw five touchdowns with 148 yards is just ridiculous, and I I just I can't give you an honest answer with what I what I've seen. I don't think I'm dropping Marquez Callaway yet. I think I'm that was a question I was going to ask you because he is rostered in 80 percent of ESPN leagues. It's a little over 80 percent. So should those people be nervous as one of them? I'm not really nervous yet because. Callaway's a big play receiver, and the Saints were really in not any big play situations yesterday. James only threw for 148 yards. Like, that's not, there's not enough opportunity there for Callaway to break apart. De- uh, Deontay Har- Devontae Harris, or Deontay, the other Saints receiver, he had two catches for 70 yards. Again, most of that was on one play. It's too fluky. So don't overreact to the Saints. Yeah, I think if there's a guy that I would say go pick up if you have a roster spot available and you want to roster a tight end, it's Jawan Johnson. Jawan Johnson. But yep. again, it's a tight end that just had two kind of fluky touchdowns in a game that didn't really matter, and they had the other team had backups in. I don't over don't overreact to that game. Again, if you want to hear more about that, go to yesterday's podcast and. And we'll talk way more about that. But it's Jawan Johnson if there's a guy that I'm picking up. Or Marquez Callaway if for some reason he's not rostered. Go pick him up just for the, the upside of, like you said, big plays later on in the season. Two things I want to talk about also. I think we learned a couple things this weekend. I think we learned that the Lions backfield in DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, both those players are going to be incredibly fantasy relevant this season. They ran all over the 49ers. The second thing, so you're not you're not just thinking Jamal Williams was a, a big big play guy because of the injury concerns of DeAndre Swift. No, I I think you think Jamal Williams. Full, I think it's going to be a two person backfield, and I think that they're both going to get a lot of work. Okay. I think that team is that offensive line looked really impressive. It looked really good, and they dominated the 49ers' run defense. So I would say both of them should maybe not Jamal Williams as a starter every week, but definitely a potential flex. In a deep league, in a deep league, they definitely should both be rostered. Uh, and then the other thing is Eagles pass catchers, particularly Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, and Dallas Goddard. All three of them, I'm assumed, at least two of them, I assume were all rostered. But all three sh- are going to be pretty relevant this year. Devontae Smith looked really good. He looked really good on Sunday. Dallas Goddard, right back where he left off, you know, 40 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Rager, I was quite impressed. I thought Jalen Rager had a solid game. I think he's going to be a decent receiver for them this year. 
I might be going on a limb because it was the Falcons' defense, but I, I was I was mildly impressed impressed with Jalen Rager. Yeah, I we we talked a lot about Devontae Smith yesterday, how he 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 came out and he was that guy for the Eagles. What his first catch in the NFL was a touchdown. I believe him so. and Jalen Hurts just looked like they 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 welded picking they, up right yeah. where they left off. Yeah, it, that team still scares me. Because it is the Eagles, I think the what happened in the game kind of allowed for Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager and Miles Sanders to really come out of their shows and, and perform well. I'm not buying into the hype. I still think it's the Eagles, and I don't I don't think anybody on that team is really going to be a superstar. Not saying don't go pick up like a Kenneth Gainwell. And just just hold on to him to see what happens. Miles Sanders still has injury concern, well, not injury concerns, but an injury history to his name. So, yeah, go pick up Kenneth Gainwell, and if you have a spot and you need receivers, go pick up Jalen Rager if you really feel like it. But it's the Eagles. I I still don't have faith until that team can prove to me that they're going to perform week in and week out. I'm not really buying into it. Well, while we're talking about pickups and drops, let's get into some waiver wire additions. I think there's five to six players that low rostered in many leagues and definitely should be picked up after this week. We already talked about Elijah Mitchell in the 49ers. He was only rostered in 3.8% of leagues. Christian Kirk with the Cardinals. Only avail- or He's available in over 95% of leagues on ESPN.com. Christian Kirk should definitely be rostered. Would you agree? Yeah, it's... It's tough because you don't know who the, the certified number two is in that offense, but it, it's between Christian Kirk and Rondale Moore. A.J. Green really didn't show out that much for that game. It's it's D-Hop and then Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore in my eyes. I think A.J. Green is kind of just there as a distraction. So, yeah, both of those two receivers are I'm going to pick up, and I'm just holding on to them. And hoping I, think for Kyler, I think Kyler has a really good connection with Kirk. Kirk has a lot of nice... A lot of good games. He's somewhat touchdown dependent, but as a lot of players are, after you get to outside of the top 20, they do become touchdown dependent. Yeah, Kirk is the number one target for that offense to pick up on the waivers. But if Rondell Moore is there, and again, you need a wide receiver to hold on to, you have an additional roster spot that you're just like, ah, this is kind of just whoever I want it to be. It should be it should be Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore in any league that's more than 12 should definitely be rostered. Yes. He just should be. And Christian Kirk, I can't believe that it's that few. He definitely should be on at least 50% of the leagues. Should have him. Moving on to Sterling Shepard. Really good week out of him, even though the Giants had a rough game. Really, really impressed. He's only he's available in 60% of leagues on ESPN.com. Definitely should be picked up. Definitely shouldn't. What's your take? Yeah, it's just... I'm not going to say definitely. This is all circumstantial. Yeah, Sterling Shepard should be picked up. What did he go for? He went uh, seven receptions for 113 yards on nine targets and a touchdown. Nine targets in that offense. Yeah. Kenny It seemed to me like Kenny Galladay played the let me take all the attention role and someone else is going to dominate. Remember, Sterling Shepard's the longest tenured giant right now, which is crazy to think about it. But he's been in the league a while. Like, he's a good receiver. He's always been a pretty good receiver. And the fact that he's available in 60% of leagues is crazy to me. He definitely should, again, like Christian Kirk, at least be 
there, there's a lot of teams that could use a guy like Sterling Shepard on on at least their bench. Yeah, I still think Kenny Galladay is the, the obvious number one in that offense, but I mean, it was 1A, 1B yesterday, and uh, honestly, there wasn't even a 1B. Sterling Shepard just kind of showed up and showed out for that Giants team. So yeah, I mean, Sterling Shepard is a definite addition to a team. Um, Is there any anybody that you really see as they had an amazing performance? I don't really want them on my team, though. Let me trade them away. Kind of a, a sell-high scenario for you? Sell-high. Yes. Well, I guess Debo Samuel would be the one. Now, are you waiting to hear if Ayuk is there, or are you just capitalizing now? And uh, I would just sell now. Chance? Ayuk's going to be back. I'm not really worried about him. I would just be on the Debo Samuel train of trading. I also think Jamar Chase is another guy you could potentially sell high on. People were down on him. Then he had a big game. Now people should be back up on him. First-round pick, Bengals offense, a lot of excitement. Probably could get a decent package for him in a trade. And then the other guy I have is Melvin Gordon. Big game, big long touchdown run. People are probably looking for a running back right now, especially anybody that had the Ravens backfield or the 49ers backfield. They might be interested in a guy like Melvin Gordon. So those three for me would be, I have them rostered. If I don't necessarily need them, I'm trying to trade them. Yeah, I completely agree. As a as a Debo Samuel owner, I've been looking for trades for a better receiver all day, and it just hasn't been working out in my favor. But I'm going to keep on pushing, keep on trucking along and hoping somebody just bites on it because not, not even just bites on it because Debo Samuel is a very talented receiver. And it's not just me trying to talk up my guy. But, like, as it shows, Ayuk wasn't there. Debo Samuel had 187 yards. I, I understand that. It was also against the Lions defense that is really bad in the secondary, especially since Jeff Okuda is done for the season. Like, I, I'm taking that with a grain of salt. Debo is going to be the number two when Ayuk is back. Yeah, but I'm saying if Ayuk is not there, who, how, how long is Ayuk gone for? No, he's really not gone for any amount of time. They just didn't play him. I, I He wasn't even listed on the injury report. He He literally suited up. He just didn't really participate. So it was more or less a, we're just managing a situation. We're going to win this game. He's not going to get any targets. They they jumped out to a massive lead, like, right away. So there there was no reason for Ayuk to be involved in the game. Yeah, I, I still think Debo Samuel is going to play a role. It, it's, it's Ayuk, Kittle, and then who? It's still Debo Samuel. Yeah, that's fine. They're just a really run-heavy offense. I understand. I, I, I know that... I just said sell high, but I'm saying sell high because I don't really believe in it. Okay. I, I'm i a Debo Samuel supporter. Yeah, sure I, you are. When I had him last year, how much did you want to trade for him? I didn't. I, it's not saying I wanted to trade for him. He's still a good wide receiver. Just, just caught for, He just went for 189 yards and a touchdown. Okay, it was the Lions. Oh, well. Still 189 yards. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, is desperation speaking into a microphone. This is Andrew, who desperately needs to trade or to have something on his bench worth of any value, and he is plugging his player. That's what this is. He's laughing right now because he knows it's true. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Sure. <laughs> Look, it's it's shitty out here for me. My team isn't performing. 
Again, it's don't, not going to get any better. Don't panic in fantasy football drafts, everyone. Have a plan A through Z, just in case. But, all right, you want to jump into our stardom sit-ems for this week? Is there anything else you really want to talk about before we get into that? I had one. I had two other players I wanted to discuss. Okay. One is Nelson Aguilar for the Patriots. Led the team in targets on Sunday against the Dolphins. A pretty good Dolphins defense. And then the other one is uh, Mark Ingram, 26 carries for the Texans. Had a pretty decent game. I think he had 125 yards, 130 yards. I think both of them are key pickups potentially. I know that Nelson Aguilar can be a little bit fluky and we're not sure about the Patriots offense yet, but the fact that he got nine targets in that system and he was pretty effective downfield, I think he should be picked up in most leagues. I also think that the Mark Ingram thing could be a little bit fluky, but I was pretty impressed by what I saw. They were able to really run the ball with him and he was the guy that got the the bulk of the carries. So if that, I mean, that might not continue, but if it continues into this week, then Mark Ingram definitely needs to be rostered in 100% of leagues. Yeah. I, I I don't know what to make of the Texans team in general, let alone their backfield, because they still have David Johnson. But, I mean, you can't deny a good performance out of Mark Ingram. Again, that's a backfield that I'm just kind of – that's a, the team in, in general that I'm kind of trying to avoid for the most part. Oh, you're trying to avoid them even though you picked the Jags to beat them and they, they beat you. And Brandon Cooks lit it up. Okay. Yeah, see? You're a hater. It's th- hater. It's the Texans. What do you want me to say? What if the Texans win like five games in a row here? Then I would be shocked. I, like I had them as like 31 or 32 in my power rankings. Should Tyrod Taylor be list or be rostered in, in no. leagues? Any, no. Any fantasy value there? No. No? Not at all? No. Is Brandon Cooks a consistent starter for anyone? Yeah. I, I think if, if you need a wide receiver to start, Brandon Cooks is a very, very good option. Name me the other wide receivers in, in Houston that are going to perform. Nico Collins. Danny Amendola. Wow. I, I hey, just, no. he didn't even practice with the team, and he had five targets and a touchdown. It, it's it's Brandon Cooks, and that's about it. There's nobody. If you want to stash dynasties, if you want to stash Brevin Jordan, go for it. But it's it's Brandon Cooks, and there's not really anybody else on that team that I want other than Maybe Mark Ingram, but who knows if that was just kind of a one-game thing. All right, moving on to stardom versus sit-em. Who is your first stardom for the week? He's on my board, ladies and gentlemen, over here. Oh, boy. Baker Mayfield against the team we just talked about, the Houston Texans. Baker just threw for 321 yards and had an interception against one of the better pass defenses in the league. And seeing what Trevor was able to do against the Texans last week with with worse receivers than Baker and throwing three interceptions and still putting up a decent fantasy performance, I think Baker is a great streaming option this week if, if you have somebody like maybe a Ryan Tannehill against the Seahawks that you're kind of like, all right, he had, a, he had a very bad week one. I kind of just want to sit him for week two and start Baker over him. I, I would say that that's a very viable option. I have the Seahawks pass catchers versus the Titans defense. If you have Tyler Lockett, if you have Gerald Everett, if you have DK Metcalf, they need to be starting. Honestly, any member of the Seahawks offense that you have, if you have Dwayne Eskridge, 
be starting in pro- – no, I'm just kidding on the Dwayne Eskridge thing. But in all seriousness, all Seahawks pass catchers need to be in the, in the starting lineup. Tyler Lockett, I know in some leagues he's not always a starter for people. Start him. Gerald Everett, if you have him, start him this week. They are going to tear the Titans apart. I don't know who your quarterback is. If you have Russell Wilson, guaranteed starter. I don't know what kind of league you're in. Whatever it may be, start Russell Wilson. You hear that? Can't stress it I've enough. I've been trying to send trades for Gerald Everett, too. I've been trying to ship out Gerald Everett to about 15 people in our league. And hey, hey, I said he's a stardom this week. Nobody I didn't say he's a stardom next week or I the week after. I can't start him. That's fine. You don't have to start him. But people that have Gerald Everett, it, maybe Except they should be trades. picking him up. Except my trades that involve him. It just boosts, boosts him up even more. Just take him from me. All right. My number two, I have Mike Williams against the Cowboys. I mean, look great at, choice. Look at what the Buccaneers just did against the Cowboys last week. The Cowboys secondary is atrocious, and Mike Williams is the obvious number two in that offense. And look what Mike Williams did against the football team last weekend. I mean, four, I think he had four catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Like, that's, that's pretty big against a really good defense. Yeah, it's truly only Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, because Austin Eckler really wasn't involved much in the passing game for the Chargers either. Wasn't even targeted. Yeah, so Mike Williams is... Is honestly working his way into a. I might start you every single week as a flex if I really have to because if it if Justin Herbert is just going to come out and say, "All right, Keenan Allen's my first look," then I'm looking at Mike Williams and then, well, oh shit, that's kind of a situation I'd want to be in, especially especially because Keenan Allen or Mike Williams is a guy that you can kind of just throw the ball up to and just say, "Hey, go get it," and he'll go get it for you. He'll put his body on the line. We've seen it plenty of times. So, so is, is are we saying that Mike Williams? after I believe four years of being in the league, is finally fantasy viable because we have been waiting on this guy to become something for four years now, and it is yet to happen. But I feel like this last weekend, we finally got rid of that. We said, Mike Williams can play. Yeah. He has a quarterback that's going to utilize him. We did see a couple of balls that Justin Herbert threw that were well, like well-thrown balls, and Mike Williams just didn't read them right and, and move his body in the right directions to catch him, but... I feel like with, with Herbert and Williams making the good connection, that that would change very fast. And the Cowboys' secondary is just something they're going to eat up really, really well. My second stardom is Jarvis Landry versus the Texans. The Texans, even though they picked off Trevor, or Trevor Lawrence three times last weekend, still gave up a ton of yards in garbage time. Their defense is not very good. They're, they're short on corners. Their secondary is shaky at best. Expect Jarvis Landry to have a pretty solid day. I think that the Browns are going to be able to throw pretty easily in the first half, and then in the second half, Jarvis Landry is going to be the checkdown machine when they're up a million points. So definitely Jarvis Landry should be a starter for you this week. Yeah, and if you're looking for a guy that, that you can trade for right now and trade away in three weeks, it's Jarvis Landry. They got, they got this week. Especially, uh, p- potentially OBJ isn't, isn't available again this yeah. week. Like I mean, this week they have they have the Texans. Next week they have the Bears, and then they have the Vikings. Those are three teams that we've seen the get passed on very well. I mean, the Bears secondary looked lost against the Rams. So, if you go and trade for Jarvis Landry, and you're like, all right, well, I'm, I don't really, I don't really like his schedule after that, which is, I believe it's the Chargers, Arizona, Denver, which all have have decent secondaries. And you say, all right, well, after week four, I'm just going to trade him away. That's when his his value is going to be at its highest. After four decent weeks, I just it, Jarvis Landry is, is a little bit of a trade target in my eyes, and and then trade away come week four. Um, my number three is Christian Kirk against the Vikings, the guy that we just said to go pick up. Uh, in deeper leagues, 
or looking for a flex play, I think Christian Kirk is a very, very viable start and gets an uptick in production against the Vikings defense that just got absolutely gave up a lot of yards. Just got absolutely obliterated by the guy that can't even see the ball out there. Um, so again, it's not like I'm going to start him at my two or three wide receiver positions. It's a a deep flex play in leagues where you just need a wide receiver. Maybe you had a, a Michael Gallup, and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to go drop Michael Gallup and, and pick up Christian Kirk for this week. I think it's a very, very, very smart choice. Sticking with that exact same game that you just talked about, I'm going with Jamar Chase versus the Bears for all the same reasons that you just talked about when you mentioned the Bears. They can't cover anybody. They can't cover anybody. Start Jamar Chase. He should be in your starting lineup. He's yeah. probably going to get open at least twice down the field. I mean, we 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 saw this weekend that Jamar Chase is actually able to see the ball. We both issued our apologies on on our regular podcast on on Tuesday morning that Jamar Chase is a viable option now. He's actually legit. All, we mentioned all three of those wide receivers are legit in in the NFL. So yeah, I I, I completely agree. Who is your uh, number one sitem? My number one sitem is the Ra- Raiders pass catchers versus the Steelers. I just I have a bad feeling about this game for the Raiders. I think Carr is going to be under a lot of duress. Let's be honest, that offensive line didn't look good last night. And it's not like the Ravens have this incredible pass rush. They are good at best. They're not great. The Steelers are going to get after them. It's going to be difficult for the, for the Raiders to be able to run the ball or to throw the ball on the Steelers because I don't know how much time Derek Carr is going to have. And I thought the Steelers secondary did a really good job on the Bills offense. I thought Diggs was held pretty much in check. Cole Beasley looked allergic to the football. We talked about that yesterday. You know, so at the same time, I just I don't see why we should expect the Raiders to be incredible. They played a Ravens team last night that was missing their number one corner and their number three corner. So that meant that they were playing the number three or the number two corner and then the number four corner and the number five corner. Well, if you're playing against backups, yeah, your mediocre receiving core should definitely look a lot better and I mean let's be honest it's Darren Waller I know that Ruggs is probably rostered in a lot of leagues I like the Brian Edwards kid but if you have any piece of the Raiders pass catchers I would consider sitting them even Waller I don't even think it's about the Steelers secondary I think it's all about the Raiders offensive line and we we saw last night how just how terrible they are without Rodney Hudson and Alex Leatherwood just does not look like he knows what he's doing in the NFL. Can't get his cadences right. He's jumping off sides as much, more than, as much as possible. He's holding a lot. I just think the pass rush of the Steelers is going to get to the offensive line of the Raiders, and it's going to cause Derek Carr to, to just throw willy-nilly, and that's I think that game is going to be one of the, the most lopsided games of the week in favor of the Steelers. And no bias either when I say that. Uh, my number one sit as I have Miles Gaskin against the Bills, the Bills just held Najee Harris to 45 yards on 16 attempts. Plus, the Bills are looking to bounce back at the loss at home to the Steelers. That front four of the Bills is the whole was the only shining light of that Bills defense that we really saw. I only considered the front four good because they were pretty solid in the run game. They sucked in at pressuring the quarterback. Yeah, like. They, they couldn't get to Big Ben. Big Ben looked like he had most of the time in the world, even though he was making throws. He was going through his, his reads very fast and getting the ball out of his hands very fast. Just 
stopping the run and, and forcing the offensive line to cave in on itself is just what the Bills did well in that game on Sunday. So Miles Gaskin is a, if I have a, another even decent option, I'm sitting him. My second sit him is a guy that I started last week, and I was right about him. It's DJ Chark. Yeah, he had a really good week last week. But he's playing the Broncos secondary this week, and the Broncos secondary is very good. They just pretty much limited the Giants' offense. I don't like his chances this week. So I would say that DJ Chark, definitely leave him on your bench this time. I think they're going to struggle to score, and I think it's going to be a lot of underneath stuff. They're not going to give up stuff over the top. The safeties in Denver are still are elite. The secondary is elite. The pass rush is elite. I expect most of the Jags to have a long day on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, sticking with the same game as my first one, I have Devontae Parker against the Bills. And I know what some of you might be saying. Well, Andrew, he led the Dolphins receivers in targets and yards. Well, the Dolphins also get back what I'm assuming will be their number one wide receiver in Will Fuller. And Parker is completely touchdown dependent. And with Will Fuller coming back, I think it takes that touchdown advantage right away. And again, the Bills are looking to 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 come back and steamroll the next team they play against, especially in this division game. So Devontae Parker is a wide receiver three, and the Bills defense, I think Devontae Parker is a sit this week and honestly do not play until I am proven otherwise that he will perform in this offense with Will Fuller. My next sit is Brandon Cooks versus the Browns. Big week last week for the against the Jags. Again, Stepping up in the big leagues here, you're going to play against a real team. The Browns secondary is pretty solid. It's not amazing, but it's going to be a lot better than the Jags. I think he's probably going to get shadow coverage from uh, Joe. Is it John Johnson? It's John Johnson, right? The safety and then their top corner. Why am I blanking on the corner's name? Not Greedy Williams. The other one. They took him for Don't look at me. Denzel Ward. Why do you got to look at me like that? Just give me the name if I'm if I'm looking for it. There you go. My God, I do that for you all the time. You, you found can't think it. of somebody. You found it. Jesus, I don't have to carry this show. You know, <laughs> you can carry it if you want. Listen, they're playing a Browns defense that's, that looked improved to me. They still gave up a lot of bad plays to the Chiefs, but I would say that Brandon Cooks is probably going to take a step back this week against a solid team. I I don't expect him to have another big day. So, Brandon Cooks is a sit for me. Did you have another one? Yeah. I have Mike Davis against the Buccaneers. Saw 72 yards on 18 touches against the Eagles, and I'm assuming the early deficit that they they fell into is is what led the, the run game to kind of just become null. And, I mean, what what is what's going to happen when they're playing against an even better offense or an even better defense that – also has a great offense on the other side of it and will probably do the same exact thing that just happened to them against the Eagles. Also, the Bucks defense held Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard to a com- combined 78 all-purpose yards. So between the two of them, passing and, or receiving and rushing, they couldn't even reach 100 yards. Mike Davis is a guy I'm staying away from. I liked Mike Davis as a draft prospect. I think he is kind of the lone wolf in, in the, on that team. I'm not dropping him. I'm not even looking to trade him, but just this week, I just cannot bring myself to start him at all. Cordero Patterson had quite a few touches at running back. That concerns me. I'm not worried about it. He had like seven carries. I I feel like if you're taking carries away from Mike Davis with Cordero Patterson, that really is going to limit somebody. I don't. How much are the Falcons going to be able to throw in general or run in general? 
Like, they're not going to be able to te- be a team that's going to be able to run the ball 30 times a game. So already Mike Davis's carries are going to be limited to, what, 15 to 17 carries a game? If you take seven of those away and give them to Cordell Patterson, Mike Davis's value completely plummets to me. So right now I'm considering Mike Davis as someone that you might have to, you know, you probably drafted him in the fifth, sixth round, sixth, seventh, somewhere in there. You might be, you might have to cut your losses on him and dump him because I think he might be somebody that can handicap your team a little bit. Oh, I completely disagree. I think I think game script kind of led to Cordero Patterson getting getting carries. I don't think Cordero Patterson is going to eat into what Mike Davis is going to do all year at all. I'm not even thinking about dropping Mike Davis. I'm not saying dropping Mike Davis. I'm saying trading him. I'm not even thinking about trading Mike Davis unless you're getting a clear, better running back for Mike Davis. I'm not. Not even thinking about. I just want away. someone that I can guarantee that the value is going to be there. They they might be in a situation where they they have to throw, and if that's the case, they're not going to be able to run the ball enough for Mike Davis's value to be there. I don't think they'll ever be in a situation outside of this week that they just were in against the Eagles. I I don't think I think these, I think that's pretty naive. I think these first two weeks are going to be very bad, and then I think the Falcons might actually get their shit together and. I, I still don't think they're going to win a lot of games. I think their games are going to be a lot closer. Their I, defense got shredded. I think Mike Davis still it got shredded. I think Mike Davis holds a lot of value. Okay, That's and fair. I mean we'll see if I we'll see if I'm if I'm wrong. I mean I can put it on the board if you want me to. No, but, that's not a board. Okay, that's not board. Necessary. I just I can't I can't agree with chipping off Mike Davis after after two weeks of potential bad performances. My last one is going to be Saquon Barkley versus the football team. Austin Eckler had a rough week last week, 11, ca- or 11, 11 rushes, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, that's pretty good, for, but for Austin Eckler, that's not the best day he could have had. Saquon Barkley on a short week, coming off a week where they didn't fully feature him at running back. He didn't have a lot of carries, didn't have a lot of receptions. Against the football team that has a rough defense, I'm not starting Saquon Barkley. I'm leaving him on my bench. Just like last week, Ezekiel Elliott had a rough day against a number one rush defense. I expect Saquon Barkley to have a rough day on Thursday night against the Washington football team. Yeah, I, I don't think Saquon's fully ready yet. I think they might have actually rushed him into it. I think they might have rushed him into it a little bit a little bit too fast. I don't think he's gonna be a workhorse. Maybe till week four. He'll start getting every single carry, every single tar- every single like check down pass target from Daniel Jones. So I, I agree with you there. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show, guys. Week one in the books. Hopefully, you're 1-0. Hopefully, you're not 0-1. But even if you're 0-1, the season is not lost. Just stay the course. Don't don't freak out. Don't panic. Listen, if you have Derrick Henry, you know, and you only rush for... Don't, don't trade him to Andrew. Don't trade him for a dumb package. Don't do that. Derrick Henry is still really good. We are going to see you guys next week, same time. Hopefully, everything works out better for both of us. I'm hoping. I I just cut my Andrew's <laughs> mic there for a second. I meant to cut mine and I hit his. We will see you guys next week for more fantasy football advice from from two people that started off 0-1 in our leagues. But we had fun again, guys. We'll see you guys next week.